Welcome to Every Business Counts, the podcast which shows how money and numbers can support you to build a sustainable business. My name is Lynn Mann and I'm an accountant and a coach with over 20 years experience. In each episode, I will be exploring how money and your business numbers can help amplify the impact you want to make by focusing on purpose and profit. Because every business counts. Hello and welcome to another episode of Every Business Counts. My name's Lynn Mann and today I have with me Kat Luckock. Um, having run an impact-driven organizations and innovative programs since she was 23, Kat understands the importance of making impact measures more accessible and the value they add to an organization. Now working as a social entrepreneur coach and impact strategist, Kat helps other social entrepreneurs develop, share and measure their own impact story so they can make a greater impact in the world. Kat also has a free Facebook group available, the Impact Entrepreneurs Club, which she's welcoming you to join if you'd like to. And through that, you can access a free 20-minute call with her. So thank you, Kat, for joining me today and welcome. Thanks, Lynn, for having me on. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Uh, Me too. And um, I was talking to Steve Pipe recently, who we both know. And in that conversation, we actually um, touched on the importance of a, a good story. And so I was kind of looking forward to seeing your insights because I know that's one of the things you really focus on. Mm-hmm. So what led you to understand the importance of a good impact story? So it really started, I think, um, about seven years ago when I started as a social entrepreneur. So me and my best friend, Jen were um, given an amazing opportunity to take over a small organization and turn it into a social enterprise Um, and through that experience over three or four years that I was operational and working leading that organization and now as the director um, and a non-executive director I really realized the power of um, communicating our impact story to actually secure sales and to secure grant funding um, and actually to attract interest in who we were and what we were doing, um, which was quite unique and different for our social enterprise at Solutions for the Planet. And so it was through that experience, really, that it, it, it wasn't something that just hit me straight away. It was kind of a gradual process um, on reflecting on why some uh, sales pitches went better than others and why things sort of slowly developed um, as we got more confident um, sharing who we were, and what we were about and the difference that we were making. Um, it actually helped us to really understand um, how to communicate better to our target audiences and to our clients in order to actually secure that income that we needed. Um, but also, I think, generally, not just to our target audience and clients, but generally to help people externally um, understand what we were about, why we existed and what we were trying to deliver. Um, having a really clear impact story that we that we got to a point where it just sort of rolled off our tongue helped us to really connect with people and get them connected to what we were trying to deliver. So I like that because what it says is it's actually, it, it made the connection with um, your audience much easier and almost it allows you to paint a picture so that they can connect to as to what you're doing 
rather than it being just straightforward, say, facts or something that kind yeah. of expands it and allows you to make it, you make a greater impact because of it. Definitely. And I think um, what we realise and what I know now as a social entrepreneur coach and working with a lot of other social enterprises and purpose-driven businesses is that all too often when people ask you, like, who are you, what do you do in that kind of, whether it's online or face-to-face at a conference or event, people often give very kind of bland, descriptive mm. answers about what they do. And it's very much the what sort of, you know, we do X, Y, and Z, we do this. And it's not really it it misses two important things which i think are key in terms of really making deep connections with people on that first introduction is really sharing your why like who you are and why you do what you do which is a much more powerful introduction to other people um, and opens and creates opportunity for conversation and the second one is kind of really connecting to what other people's emotions interests beliefs experiences might be um, and I think sharing aspects of your impact story enable that to happen. It, it, and I think it's, it comes actually, so talking about it now, it comes uh, back to my previous work before I became a social entrepreneur as well, which was all about interface dialogue and communication and building relationships between people from different faiths and cultural backgrounds. And what I learned through that process is that, you know, we should, in conversation and what I'm interested in is always kind of creating opportunities for conversation and not closing conversation down and I so I think it's bringing in that element as well that in that introduction in that initial introduction with anybody new before you know whether they're a potential customer or stakeholder or potential partner is are you creating opportunities to develop a relationship to engage and create a conversation or are you just answering a question because you want to move on and get your coffee kind of thing so um for me it's really and you know different people have different answers to that but for me I think starting with your why and rather than what you do is a really powerful way to um to start a connection a real connection but also helps you to identify those people that you really aren't going to connect with and kind of be able to move on a lot quicker as well because I think that's an important aspect of time saving in business too that's a really good point because I know for myself, I'm much happier to ask other people about what they do and it get them mm-hmm. to expand on their story. And I always find when, when I, um, am asked what I do, I do initially kind of falter because with having a background as an accountant, everybody, you can see the faces <laughs> shut down. Or yeah. if you mention fa- getting people to, to connect with money or finances, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it is, whereas actually what you're saying is I'm approaching it from the wrong angle. I'm going from the what I do. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I took it to a why I'm doing what I do, it would make a open up a story more rather than shutting it down. Yeah, absolutely. And I think then people would connect with you as an accountant more in terms of who you are, which you're much more than just an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got more interests <laughs> and experiences and you know things that make you uniquely you and also you uniquely you as an accountant that I think makes people kind of want to find out more um, and have a deeper conversation that maybe isn't about accountancy but it's about something else or whatever or even just helps make them feel more comfortable to then ask you a question about finances in their business etc on the same on a flip side though um, I we often found early on and I know many of my clients and, and people in my audience experience this that when if they were just to say well I'm a social enterprise and we do this 
people instantly go, what's a social enterprise? You know, the majority of people still don't have that in their um, vocabulary. And so it kind of almost shuts the door complete, not completely, but it kind of instantly kind of creates a barrier because people don't understand the language that you're using. And so when you're talking about why and you connect with the issue at hand that you're tackling and the impact that you create, it opens up that opportunity for people then to go, oh, that's really interesting. I know about that in this context. And can you tell me a little bit more about that, etc." So, yeah, I think it's for different types of things, either because people know exactly or, you know, think they know what an accountant is and what you're going to be like because of that, it can kind of shut it off or because they don't actually know what the thing is that you're describing and they need, you know, more explanation. But then sometimes when things are hard for people to understand or there's not a simple answer, um, again, that makes it difficult for people to engage and continue the conversation. So, yeah, that's why it's going to be a much better process to sort of start with your why. That is really interesting because I hadn't thought about the flip side and people not understanding terminology mm-hmm. I guess you just kind of assume that um, people would then ask the question but I guess it needs them to be comfortable with asking that question first mm-hmm. yeah um, so so starting with your understanding I guess it starts with actually understanding your why and then being able to communicate it so is that the, that's the start of an impact story. So what would make a good impact story as a whole to be able to communicate it in, say, more than just an introduction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have four key parts that I kind of teach and help people think through when they're developing their impact story for different scenarios um, and in different, for different uses. But um, the first thing is absolutely like the reason why you exist. So your why, the problem that you're tackling, and um, why you care about that issue and why other people should care potentially is the first part of the story. The second part is what you're doing to create change. So it can be part of your vision, what you plan to do sometimes, because you don't necessarily have to be delivering that change just yet if you're at the very early stages. Yeah. Um, and it could also be examples along the journey, demonstrate the change that you want to create or are creating. Um, part three of the story is uh the evidence that demonstrates the difference that you are making so this is generally for businesses that are probably at least six months along the line and kind of starting to deliver some of the change um, and the impact that they want to be creating so that they're able to then demonstrate some of that through evidence and then the fourth part of the story is providing social proof testimonials or kind of case studies and stories that bring that data to life because Data is great and is really important to evidence, but actually it's the stories and testimonials and social proof that really kind of light people up because it, again, reconnects back to those emotions, personal experiences and, um, you know, personal insights into why this data makes a difference. Yeah. So it really, again, the whole thing is about starting to create a conversation and get people interested, but connected through emotion. Um, whatever that emotion may be. Absolutely. And that really brings it back as well. Kind of, I think the stories um, or the testimonials and things kind of really reconnect to the problem that you're tackling and why you care and why other people should care potentially, because it usually those testimonials and stories are, are also kind of on a story arc. So they sort of start with where the person was at or where the situation of the, the impact was at the, the beginning and the change that's happened as a result of your intervention. So it's kind of 
it's kind of reiterating every every part of the first three parts of the impact story in a kind of real life example. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because then people can really see that this is what happens and relate to it. Whereas if you're talking, I guess, purely theoretical, Mm. they tend to lose um, what's happening. So if you, what have you seen as the, the benefit from having a good impact story? So I think there's um, a couple of different things. As I said at the very start, like we saw a difference through being able to connect um, more deeply with our potential clients and actually being able to secure sales better because we were able to communicate the difference we made in a um, in a way that also made sense to them. So we were able to unpack and talk about the problem that how we saw it, but also understanding how they saw it as the client and why we thought that was of importance to tackle and create change around and then obviously through the, the story explaining um, the difference that we make so it can definitely help grow and attract more clients and sales and um, which I think most businesses are interested in and yeah. um, but also in terms of getting to that stage you can use different parts of your story either as a whole story or and um, cut it up into different chunks to inspire your marketing and social media outreach so if you use a lot of social media for marketing, but even if you're using other parts and um, other things for marketing in terms of blog posts or articles or podcasts, even you can share parts of your impact story uh, as as topics to to go deeper into, or as um, individual posts or as quotes, and uh, you know sharing testimonials as one-off posts and stuff on social media, or like I said. You can bring it all in together as, as one social post or blog, etc. There's different ways that it can kind of inspire your marketing to help you attract and engage your ideal clients and customers. And in doing so, it's a great way to build know, like and trust, um, which is key for, you know, um, helping customers really move through that initial contact with you, feeling engaged, feeling like they know who you are, what you're about, why you do what you do whether they like you or not, because, you know, I think this is a, it's okay to turn people away from the way you're sharing your story as well. Um, but, and it helps those people that are engaged with you see whether they really are aligned, whether they like what you do and say. Um, but it also builds that trust. And I think particularly sharing the evidence base um, as you can with your impact story helps really build trust because increasingly there's a lot more, whether you call it whitewash, greenwash, etc everybody wants to be on the sustainability bandwagon everybody wants to be see be seen to be doing the right thing whether it's to do with ethics and you know all sorts of different things but i think increasingly consumers and businesses are becoming more attuned to that you know not everybody is actually doing their best and so you really they are looking for more of that evidence to back up um what you say you're doing and whether you are actually delivering in an aligned way to what you say your values are, etc., your ethics and things like that. And it is really about building that trust with your people. And also, I think also just kind of, it can, as we said at the beginning, it can also kind of really just bring to life what you're actually doing, particularly through the stories and kind of, but it gives you this approach to kind of share more content about the difference that you're making rather than just focusing on, you know, we do this and this is how we do it. But it's really getting deeper, as we've already said, but to the experiences, emotions, values and beliefs that people hold, um, which I think more and more 
marketing and successful sales is going that way because people buy people and actually people buy from people that you know they feel aligned to and that they trust and and have had similar experiences or want similar things etc so and um, it's it definitely can you know and this is why it helps my clients and helps us as a, a, um, a social enterprise previously to really just uh deepen your own understanding of your business and what you're actually trying to do grow your confidence and be able to communicate it and then grow your business as a result through your marketing and sales wow so there's a, a there really are a lot of different things that, that you've brought out there and i'll kind of start with what you shared at the end of like deepening um your own kind of connection with your your business and understanding what you're doing because i think that is is really important and something that um, all of us need because you know the work to working in your own business is is never just very plain sailing. There's always the peaks mm-hmm. and troughs, but having that deeper connection and understanding yourself, being very clear on your your why, and being able to communicate that must really help. Um, to keep you going when mm. things aren't going as smoothly as you want. But then at the same time, you know, you're talking about um, it really brings to life what you're doing for um, for clients, potential clients, and helps them to develop the trust. So it gives them much more of an insight into what you're doing and why you're doing it and why it's important. Yeah. Um, and building that. And it, it is, you know, social media is so flooded these days with, with lots of people using it that actually being able to, to stand out and pe- speak directly to the people you're wanting to speak to, um, is, is important because it takes so many, um, I can't remember the number. Is it something like 20 to 30 times for somebody to see something to actually start? And developing a trust in what you're saying. Yeah, it's something like I think it's about twelve times of the same message. So it's not even okay. like different content. It's the same message they need right. to see about twelve times or so to really, um, you know, actually see it and and start to em- like hear it and embed it and like kind of right. take action on it. So yeah, so really having that impact story which you can then use through your marketing and use. To keep yourself motivated, really does then help to to grow your business um, by making those connections. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a really, especially for impact driven businesses, it should be a core part of what they are. And often it is. Um, it's really just about having a process to think through. Well, how am I going to tell this story? What other key components I need to have in there? Which is why this. Um, relatively simple system that I've drawn out should help people kind of create that um, structure and you don't necessarily have to have it in the way you know one two three four in the way that I've set it out but I think it's a really good starting point to just kind of get the key parts of what your story is so that then you can craft it into a more natural way that makes sense for you and your brand to communicate in. Yeah and it's one of the things I actually talk about myself is you start with a story because if you don't know the story, you don't know what you need to measure or how, um, 
or have that ability to understand whether actually you're making that difference you want to make. Yeah. Um, so, so then that goes to actually, if you know the story, then actually, how do you start to measure that impact that you want to make? Because that's actually a key element as well. You need yeah. to have both. <laughs> Definitely. And I think this is where we often can get stuck or perceive it to be quite complex and difficult to measure impact and I think it's to do with the perception that uh, you have to be a researcher or an academic or you know have done a PhD to um, measure the social or environmental impact that your business is having and I like to make it a lot simpler and say that you don't need to be any of those things that especially if you're just starting out or in the first few years of business even if you do have quite complex stuff um, impacts that you're creating you can find quite simple ways to measure and essentially it just starts with really thinking through well what's our vision what do we really want to be creating or have an impact on and how would we be able to well how would we know that that change or impact has happened and and once you've written out that and it might be multiple things so it might be different things that demonstrate you're creating the impact that you say you want to create or that you've um, created the change that you want to see um, once you know those things specifically, you can then say, okay, well, what are the specific things that are what we call indicators that demonstrate that those things are happening? And it's those indicators that you then measure. So I'm trying to think of an example, um, but it might be that, I'm trying to think of a simple example that would help <laughs> demonstrate it, but it might be, so if we talk about sort of training, which isn't always the best thing, but if you're delivering training, it's um, on um, on what would we be doing? Delivering training on finances, because that would be relevant for your audience. So if we're delivering training on finances, you know, you have the outputs. Often people just measure kind of well, we had ten people come to the training um, and we, we kind of did a feedback form and here's some nice testimonials and comments and, and things that they say they've learned and taken away from it. That's kind of the very early stage and that's very much sort of outputs and some of the experience, but it's not necessarily the outcomes and the impact that we really want to get to. So what you might say is, okay, well, we're delivering this training on finance so that businesses can actually um, manage their finances better so that they can actually then um, see where the gaps are in their business, where they're spending most money, where they need to generate more money so that they can actually be more sustainable and attract more sales and income and have a more sustainable business. They're the outcomes that we want to see. So then we say, well, what would that really look like if businesses were implementing what they learned? And seeing and experiencing those results, well, they'd probably have a um, a bigger bottom line, or they'd see a bit more operating profit, um, or they'd still be, you know, operating in a year if they were, you know, potentially our clients might be facing um, closure in the next twelve months. But if we can say that they're actually still around in twelve months' time, then that's a positive indicator as well. And so you start to kind of plot out whatever's important for you, because it will be different for different people what those things are and then you'd be measuring those things um, with some indicators of, of those impacts so obviously that's a very simplified example but I hope just sort of gives um, the difference and uh, insight into the different stages and the types of things and questions that you ask at each stage yes going back to that is it does it to measure your impact does it always have to be something quantitative that you're measuring Great question. I no, in my no, absolutely not. Like research doesn't have to be quantitative. So 
Um, it can be qualitative or quantitative. Um, and yeah, so it does. And I think often people get hold, hold on to that sort of idea that it has to be a, a quantity of something for being able to demonstrate the difference from this to this. And it doesn't. A lot of um, data and analysis, but also a lot of impact can be demonstrated through qualitative data, but also things like, you know, storyboards, photography and video blogs, video journals. It can be written testimonials and case studies um, and people's journeys and stories as well. It, but there's all sorts of other ways that you can um, measure the qualitative stuff as well. There's lots of different um, tools out there to do that. But yeah, I think it's a really important question that it doesn't have to just be quantitative. It can also be, you know, qualitative. And I think that's nice as well where you can bring that mix. And I'm certainly interested in those mixed methods because I think sometimes the stories and the qualitative stuff brings to light some of the statistical data as well. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And I think because I, I know I've seen um, some impact reports and um some of them, for example, the one that's run, done by the Crown Estate is very detailed and they follow the integrated reporting methodology and take mm-hmm. everything back to a value, um, like a financial value. And for me, it's like when you look at things like that, it's brilliant they can do it, mm-hmm. but also it can be quite, you know, if you're looking, say, at a small business, seeing something like that can be quite like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah. Whereas what you're saying is actually it's having that mix. So the key thing is actually understanding, going beyond actually what was the output of whatever you're doing, but looking at the outcome that you want your clients to have. And yeah. then almost the ripple effect, the impact that that then has in the world. And again, that the stories of that impact help bring it to life. And again, allow you to communicate um, this not only to those who are um, prospective um, clients, but to the world in general. That actually, by doing this, this is the difference you can make. And having that mix allows people to see um, what they might see as traditionally evidence-based with numbers, but also having that pulling in the stories, the qualitative side of things as well to really create a much more powerful um, image absolutely and I think the other thing as well about it is really asking yourself well what's the purpose of us measuring and communicating this impact because with for example the the example you gave with the crown estate they may be much more interested in in comparatively being able to sort of compare where they are in comparison to other organizations like them or what you know in terms of what that number represents for them whereas to many people that number will be meaningless and so and um, not that it is meaningless but it to some audiences it might be meaningless because it's just a number and yeah. um, it kind of like well what does it really mean for the lives or the the environment or the people you're trying to help you know what does that actually you know what does it mean in reality and i think that's where the qualitative data or the stories etc kind of bring like we said, to life and um, the, the changes that you're actually making, which for most people or for different audiences are going to be much more useful than the statistical data. And likewise, you know, we have things um, 
sort of like measuring social value in the social impact space, which is really, really valuable, especially to those organisations who are wanting to demonstrate to funders or to public sector contractors the financial difference that their programme or initiative has in terms of saving a public sector body money or in terms of um, creating more local wealth in an economy, the social value measure for their business is going to be really powerful in terms of being able to say for every pound spent with us, we save or generate, you know, five pounds. That's a really powerful value statement to be able to share. However, for other businesses, the, the qualitative stuff is going to be much more useful and um, depending on their audiences and the purpose of their business and why they're trying to communicate the particular impact. So it's really understanding like who is the audience as well, both what do you internally as a business want to be able to demonstrate you're doing, but also recognising that your audiences need to understand the data if they're going to be consuming it um, and it needs to be relevant to them. So, you know, different businesses have to take different approaches. Yeah, that's a really good insight, actually, in that the data has got multiple or the information of how you measure impact has got multiple uses. So, yes, it's for you to know whether you're moving towards that impact you want to make and how you're moving towards it so you can help adjust your business or not as you need to, but also being able to use it in helping you grow your business and develop your business and take it forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, are there any other benefits that you see from measuring your impact? I think really the key one is that being able to demonstrate the change that you're making and be able to communicate that more powerfully with the evidence. So like I said, more and more people across the board, whether you're consumers or businesses, are wanting to be able to wanting you to be able to prove that you really are doing what you say you're doing. And having robust data and evidence to kind of demonstrate that enables you to do that, basically, and build that trust. So I think that's the real key thing. But obviously, there's the other benefit of internally in the business, knowing whether you're doing what you want to be doing and kind of doing some kind of, there's an element within that of the evaluation process and, um, you know, checking whether there's things that you need to be improving on. Are you delivering the impact the way you want to? Is it actually working? Are you getting the results that you want to see? Um, so obviously there's a, an internal evaluation process as well that kind of helps see whether the, the, the way that you're delivering it is actually working. Yeah, and I think there as well, it's um, almost what comes up as well is keep keeping it simple. Often people I find, particularly if they're wanting to make a difference, they don't want to focus on the numbers because it's relevant, but actually taking it back, keeping it simple and looking at it as this is helping you and your business actually helps you engage with that Mm. on top of knowing that actually as well it's about the stories and so kind of getting that balance right to help you um, move the business. Definitely, yeah, exactly that. Okay, so just one final question for you, Kat. So what experiences have you had or stories you learned as a child influence how you look at money? Yeah, this is really interesting when you sort of sent this to me in advance because um, 
it was it's one of those things so I'm now helping a lot of social entrepreneurs with money mindset through my business and it's something that I've been learning a lot about and trying to um, improve my own money mindset and I think it's a constant thing I think even if you're a multi-millionaire I was listening to a um a, a, a book on audible this morning about who who was a multi a multi-millionaire who was saying you know she still has money mindset things that she's constantly working through um and it's it's really interesting and for me recognizing only really in the last couple of years of how my mindset around money and the stories I had have kind of limited um parts of my business growth in the early stages and some of the things that I've um realized actually not really until I met my husband and kind of obviously then you know you face different families and different experiences with money and different ways that you kind of treat and talk about money and stuff I really realized oh we have a different story about that or I hadn't realized that we have a story about that and so three other things I wanted to share which I'm kind of I have changed my understanding of and changed my story I would say um over the last few years are um the first one was that you always had to work really hard to earn a decent wage like that was a constant story that I was I don't know if it was being um it was obviously communicated to me at some point but it's certainly (laughs) something I believed um quite deeply that if I wanted to earn really good wages and you know I always had this ambition my both my parents were um had very good reasonable salaries working in the public sector but I always had an ambition to earn more than them because although they had brilliant salaries and we always you know seemed to have what we always wanted and we went on lovely holidays and it never felt like enough and so that was really interesting that I had these two many stories one that you had to work really hard so my parents worked long hours we spent a lot of time in childcare, and just to earn a you know a good salary but also that I alongside that it always never felt like enough and so those were two many stories that I really as an entrepreneur had to tackle quite early on and help now my clients tackle because I don't think it's about working all the hours I think working hard's fine like you have to be intentional and know what you're doing and kind of definitely you know work well but I don't think it's about working all the hours and I don't think it's about burning ourselves out and like um working just for an income to then not have any time to do the things you want to do and really interestingly for me after having my daughters my daughter's just over one now having come off maternity leave and and moving you know doing more time in my business but I'm only doing about I do two solid days a week and maybe a couple of other hours throughout the week whereas before I had her I worked full-time and probably a lot more than full-time like most um, entrepreneurs I'm much more productive now. I get much more done in my business and I'm earning the same, if not more, month on month than I was for the two years previous working full time, which is completely, I had this story that I didn't have to work as hard, but until this actually happened over the last six months or so, <laughs> I, I hadn't really believed it. Um, and now I'm really kind of embodying that belief that you do not have to work all the hours um, to generate the same amount of income which has really really been quite powerful for me and my clients going forward and um, the second one is that um I had this money story and that you know it was okay to use credit and build up quite a lot of, of debt essentially to buy and do the things you wanted to do and never really had a story which I think is a much better story to have and like a practice to have around saving up for things and kind of and creating savings and also accumulating wealth in a in a positive way 
for now and the future, um, which has both changed meeting my husband, who's much more, much better at saving and always has been, and saving up for those things that you really want to do. And um, but also now with my daughter, it's become a, a story that I really want to instill in her that yes, it's okay. I don't necessarily have a problem with um, credit and investing in things and borrowing money for when you need to, but I think it's really important to have that important story around savings and um, building up uh, some reserves as well for a safety net for yourself, but also for a long-term future, pensions, etc. And again, that's one of the things I really share with my clients because um, many of the female social entrepreneurs um, and new business owners I work with often never put in their budgets and their financial plans, you know, um, the costs of taking holiday or giving themselves time, you know, generating enough income so they can take time away from the business to have holiday or saving for their pensions or putting any reserves or savings into the business. So it's a real kind of comes at it from lots of different angles for me, this importance of saving um, and, you know, creating small accumulations of wealth um, over time. And then the third one is something I've come to definitely in later life but has been with me all through my life that I realised, I think probably reading things like Denise Duffield Thomas's book and, again, just being an adult and kind of trying to kind of figure out my own personal finances is that I had a lot of guilt and shame about generally just spending money. And so I've always been very uncomfortable going out shopping. I'm not the kind of person that enjoys doing that. It doesn't matter what I'm buying, whether it's food that I need or whether it's clothes or a luxury item. I've, I've always got this kind of sense of guilt and shame and it's something that I'm really working on quite deeply because I'm not really sure how that's developed or why I've got it, but I know it's not very helpful and that I should be able to celebrate and enjoy buying things um, both for myself and as gifts for others, etc. So yeah, so it was a really great question that you asked and I think um, it's been a really useful thing for me to reflect on again, as I'm always doing, um, of some of those really you know, powerful stories I've had as a child um, and in my early years that influenced how I've looked at money in the past, but also how I'm changing now those stories to the way I want to be living and I want to bring up my daughter as well. I love the fact that you've um, actually had the, the, the insights of what those stories are, but you've also recognised you wanted to change mm-hmm. and also that you want to bring your daughter up with different stories. Yeah. And it's But it's interesting the stories you share because I think me those are are not uncommon stories you know particularly Mm -hmm. starting with the we have to work hard it seems to be that real thing if you want to succeed and you want to be an entrepreneur you have to work really hard but you've just given us perfect evidence of actually how by working more um effectively and probably being very targeted you've actually made it work so you can work less time you can spend the time with your family and it hasn't impacted your income in fact it's improved your income which is a brilliant story to be able to share Mm -hmm. and i think it's really important for lots of women not all women but for lots of women who are that have families or want to have families in the future that you know I was naive going into um, into motherhood thinking that I could do it all and you know um, and the realities of it is, yes, I can have what I want, but it, you really have to spend time working out how that's going to work because the realities of having a child is completely not what you think it is before you have it. And so 
it's it's been a really um yeah interesting process but I think it's really hard lesson for many women to learn but also really important for um particularly for women but I think generally for families you know how how are you how do you want to spend your time you know and how are you going to run your business in a way that actually yeah enables you to have some freedom to do the things you want to do with your family or just have time on your own as well which is really equally important but still generate the income that you need and want and had previously before going is in on becoming an entrepreneur potentially um and i think it's possible it's just about rethinking the way that you run your business it's about recognizing you might need to you know i have to bring in help to do some of the things in my business i'm but i'm absolutely not trying to do all the things i was doing before and and also in, interestingly all the evidence progressive evidence evidence on work and how we work now shows that having a shorter week um, and a four-day week for example is better for individually but also collectively as a society and um, for all sorts of different reasons um, and most people will get more done in less time if they have less time to do it yeah. and, and it's not about burdening them more or being more stressful it's just about being a bit more choosy and being a bit more focused and productive in the time that you have. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, you talk about evidence, I've seen seen that as well, where companies have cut to four hour week four day weeks who've left people on the same salaries but yeah. end up with more being more productive. And it, Absolutely. it is amazing. Um yeah. but I love how you also come what came up for me when you were talking was it comes back to knowing the story um, that you as an individual want to tell. So you have the story the business wants to tell, but it's how does that align with your own personal story? Mm. And it's making sure those two are aligned because the conflict arises when you want something more for your business that mm. you're not able to, to give yourself. Yeah. Um, so just being clear on both of those things up front. Um, and what's important, what do you want in your life as a whole? It's a great reminder just that actually what's important to most of us is our families mm-hmm. as well as what we're doing within our businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, I think even if it's not families, if it's other things, like it's recognising that um for me, it's always about balance, um, partly because I've had chronic health conditions in the past and it's not it's non-negotiable for me to allow myself to get stressed and ill and stuff. So, um, But I think whatever it is that you want to be spending your time on outside of work, it's okay to want to do that and create space for it in the week. That doesn't mean that it's just sort of carved out in between your working hours or squeezed into the weekend when you're exhausted because you, you know, worked a 70 hour week or whatever so yeah I think it's really important that people um if they have the time to to sort of reflect on how they're really intentionally spending their time and and I think the other thing for those people that are in who aren't entrepreneurs who are working and stuff one of the biggest things I see and I think is a real challenge that people I think really have to sort of challenge a little bit more in the workplace is increasing demands on people's time and to do more and to achieve more etc and I think there is a limit to that and I think we have a responsibility as employees to be realistic about what is achievable in the time that we have within the workplace and you know not give away more of our personal time to our employers and 
So, yeah, there's all, there's all sorts of things in that, which I think are really interesting, both whether you're employed or running your own business. Absolutely. And, and it does become quite counterproductive in the end by giving mm-hmm. your time away. As you say, it can lead to, to health conditions. And there's, you know, if you look at the um, numbers for absenteeism and presenteeism, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't, it, it's that, as you say, it goes back to a balance. But it's down to each of us as individuals to be aware of what's important to us and how yeah. we can build that in. And I think we forget that sometimes because um, we believe we have to give everything to the business. Yeah. And it comes back to that whole story about working really hard to earn more money um, yes. and kind of being on this kind of hamster wheel of success, which doesn't ever really materialise. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very true. Well, it's a great way to end this. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you very much. And um, I've appreciated our conversation today and love the insights um, you shared in, you know, what makes uh, a good impact story and also being able to, to measure it. And it's kind of, while you're talking, for me, it's seeing that flow from one to the other. Um, so allowing it and as well as allowing yourself to make that bigger impact in the world because of it. So thank you, Kat. Um, Thanks very much for having me, Lynn. It's been brilliant. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Every Business Counts. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to our Facebook group, Every Business Counts, and share what you've enjoyed and your highlights. I look forward to sharing more with you next week. Bye for now.